Hey there, everyone. This is Monica, and welcome to episode 12 of pre with the Pope. In today's episode, Renzo and I talk about healing, freedom, and how grace can effectively work in our marriage. We unpack my experience from a recent retreat, acknowledge the brokenness of our identities, and discuss Dr. Bob Schutz's healing ministry. We're so happy you're here with us. Let's jump in. Your hair is crazy. Is it? Yes. Some people point that out every time you take a picture before, that my hair does not, is not. Yes, we've gotten comments about all the different forms of your hair, the the lifestyles of your hair. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what, well, like what clothes I change into to do the karate class. Your hair just matches the mood. It does. Well, no. (laughs) This is my karate hair. It depends on how often. depends on how many outbreaks we have at work, too. (sighs) Face shields and everything. Um, but happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Uh, so you were on a retreat this past weekend. I was. Uh, so for today, I t- with today's topic, I thought it would be appropriate to, like, I want to hear, I know we talked about it, but I feel like we talked briefly. Mm-hmm. It was late when you got home. It was, I did get, so it wasn't a sleepover retreat, so I came home late every night and we tried to talk about it when I got home before going to sleep, but. We were both very tired. <laughs> I was very tired. Um, so, yeah, so I want, I want to kind of hear. Um, thank you, by the way, uh, for I got to watch the kids while you were on retreat, mm-hmm. all five, just me. And guess what? I was not babysitting. You were not babysitting. I'm their father. That's what you were wondering. Uh, judging by how they look, there's no doubt. But tell me about your, your weekend. Yes. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Where did I go? So, tea. <laughs> is that what they say am i hip now i don't think i want to have this conversation with you right now. <laughs> weirdo um yeah so i went on retreat um it was like it was local which was neat but it was it was an undone retreat which is hosted by the jp2 healing institute which is based out of tallahassee florida the jp2 healing institute was founded by dr bob Schutz. so if anybody has heard of like his books be healed be transformed be restored he's done a lot of he's done a lot of work of integrating psychological healing with um charismatic healing and prayer and then um his daughter his daughter through the you know the intercession and the work of John Paul the Great um compiled like this this book specifically for women called undone and she she brought together different witness stories, different testimonies of women who have um, have gone through healing in their four identities of femininity laid out by John Paul the Great in daughter, sister, mother, bride. bride where, mother. Did, where did he identify those four? In his letter to women? Yes, yeah, sorry. Oh, I didn't mean it as a question. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. I meant it more for other people. Sorry, yes. yes. In his you're le- right, you're right. In yes. his letter to women. <laughs> Is where he identifies. <laughs> <laughs> Question one. Correct. Um, it's too late to quiz me. We're just getting started. Um, yeah, so great. Um, um, so Carrie Daunt compiled this um, this collection of testimonies, which is so beautiful. And now she and many of the authors are running women's healing, specifically for women, retreats for women. Um, and 
asking for the intercession of JP2, but also Our Lady Undoer of Knots. So that's where the, the name Undone came from. So I went to an Undone retreat here in Connecticut. Um, and I went with some of my, some of my close friends. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. So, um, so in terms of healing, uh, and I think, I think just the idea of healing is very, I don't think it's unique to the Christian faith. I think there's a lot of things out there that want to, that promote the idea that, that they can heal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things. However, um, I do think healing is very central to the Christian faith, and I don't think it's uh, talked about as often or or focused on as often, but I think there there has been a movement recently within the church, uh, particularly in, in from the JP2 Healing Institute for healing. Um, and I think that all of us need healing, and I think especially marriage kind of shows us what areas of our life mm-hmm. still need healing. Um, so I think the question of like, you know, you know, what does it mean to be healed? Can I be healed? Mm. Um, are ones that I think all of us kind of have in the back of our minds. Um, and I, I'm interested to know, like, how did they, you don't have to share like specifics about the, like, you know, I don't want to give away what the retreat is because you want people to go. Um, but are you willing to share any little bit of how God worked on your heart during that weekend? Sure. So it's funny that you mentioned um, specifically within the sacrament of marriage. That was actually one of the conversations that I'd had. I, I got, had the privilege of carpooling with some of the ladies that I went with, which was great. It was like small grouping, but longer. Um, and we actually brought that up about how we wish that it was more advertised or more like discussed that marriage should be like considered a sacrament of healing because particularly the the two of us that were mainly talking, um, we're like, we just hoped that marriage was going to like fit. Like we go into marriage and everything is fixed. Like these things that we knew we had issues with wasn't marriage, just the solution, not the process towards healing. And we were, we were, we felt sorely disenfranchised by that, like that initial understanding that like, no, this is, this is to bring about healing, not, the magic solution to healing. One of the ways that anyone, but uh, obviously this retreat was focused on women, but one of the ways that we women try to um, deal with wounds, uh, try to avoid having them grow or fester or even just, um, anyways, one of the ways that we cope with wounds is control, where we try to grasp at control. We try to grasp at control anywhere that we can find the opportunity to do it. And then we also, because it feels good to control some of those certain things, we attempt to like extend that control into areas that just cannot be controlled. And and that was definitely one area that came up this weekend of just my my desire for order and to like try to control a lot of what's happening throughout the day so that i so that things can be predictable so that i can understand my place my role in in the home you know if if i can kind of anticipate then therefore i can succeed instead of instead of just being and allowing allowing myself in times of imperfection but if i feel like if i'm controlling things then i can i can be perfect in those situations because i've anticipated them i know how to respond and 
things like that. So one area, um, I don't know if it's necessarily marriage, but I, marriage and just family life is that I, and it's so funny because I've always loved hearing that God delights in me. Like, okay, God loves me. Okay. Like, but like delight, he enjoys, he, like he enters into this like personal space that's like uninhibited. And, um, and I don't know that I delight in my kids or even in you as often as I'm able, as often as I'm given an opportunity, because I'm so focused on like having things go right, that I don't just like delight. I don't just like enjoy, um, like participate in the silliness. That's re- that's really, one, thank you for sharing, like, because I know you're not just sharing with me. <laughs> so like, that's what the mics are here for, in case, oh, <laughs> in case you didn't know. I'm so confused. Um, no, so I appreciate you sharing and being willing to, to be open about it, because I kind of did spring this on you. Yeah. Of wanting to do this. <laughs> but like, I, I just think it's important, um, not just, I think it's important for married couples, but I think it's important for everybody. But in particular, because this is our, uh, the podcast is focused on married couples, I think it's important for married couples because we live in a culture right now that is fine, right? Like we're, we are used to responding with how, how are you? Fine. Mm. Um, if, if we are ever really pressed, and this goes for, I would say 99% of us, if we're ever really pressed on how, you know, how are things really, we would rather just say fine because it's easier to just get this conversation over, over with mm. than actually get into things. Um, most of us have baggage that we just yeah. carry. Um, and, and a lot of us have just re- reserved or resigned, resigned ourselves to the idea that like, well, this is just my baggage that I'm going to have forever. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we are devout in our faith, I don't think that the connection has been made all the time that the, the, that being Christian, being our sins forgiven and experiencing the redemption actually has something to do with also our healing this side of heaven. Hmm. Um, I do believe that, that, you know, if you're a Christian, you believe that there's heaven and then that life is perfect there and everything goes away. Um, but there is part of us now that if we are living the Christian life, we're supposed to be following Jesus. And in that following, things are going to come up that he wants to take away from us. Hmm. Um, and I like the process that I like the process that the retreat seemed to go through of starting with the fall and then mm-hmm. helping you with the identities and, and it just in the fall itself, because it's a big, like the fall itself is a reminder that like none of us are supposed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So like if you come to any, it doesn't have to be that retreat. If you go to anything, if you go to a mass, if you go to adoration and you think, or even confession and start with the shame right away of like, well, I shouldn't have done this. I should be perfect. I should be better than this. I wish I didn't have this wound. I wish this hadn't happened to me. Like the, the, the reminder of the fall is that like, no, you know, we're all starting in a very broken situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there inviting Jesus into it and, and hopefully healing can come about it. Um, but first, like just the acknowledging that there's something that needs to be healed. Um, and I think that's important for couples to acknowledge with one, with one another, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how long you've been married. Um, there's things that like, I know there's things that I brought into our marriage that had nothing to do with you. But like there was baggage that I was bringing in, and likewise, like we were both traveling and had our own luggage bringing bringing it on. Um, and I think that sometimes those things affect other things without us realizing it. Right. Well, I think that's. I think that was one of my big takeaways is how integrated, just how integrated our lives are. 
that we cannot keep our psychology in one box and our spirituality in another box and our biology in a third box and, and, you know, work in a, you know, and family and we cannot compartmentalize and like we are integrated human. Like that is, that is the fullness of who we are. We are like body and soul and that is a composite and, and, and there's all these like truths and they, t- they, they went into like catechesis and lived experience. But that is so the truth about married life. Like if we are to imagine, this is like a fairy tale to think that like my baggage is not going to affect my husband's life. My wounds are not going to also become his wounds. That's a lie because two have now become one. Like we have now created a new thing that is you and me and to try to like ignore run away from, pretend that that stuff doesn't exist, that's only going to make things worse in your marriage. And I'm not saying it inflicts on you on the same way, but it absolutely impacts our marriage. It impacts our relationship. It impacts our family life. And if it's not going to be identified and worked on together, then then healing is not possible. Now, and going from there, um, so you shared a couple of areas that, that you felt like God sh- shined a light and said, you know, these are the areas you have to heal from or heal in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of us, like, I don't think we have to be convinced we need healing. I think we have to be more convinced that it's okay to share with others. Mm. Um, and that it's okay to not, not suffer in the darkness. Um, because I, I, I don't know what the, where the quote was, but it was something to the effect of like that the devil wants to keep us in our wounds in the dark because that's where he can, he, he's able to just yes. do whatever he wants. But as soon as we bring them out to the light, we start sharing them with loved ones, bring them to confession, you know, any, uh, going to therapy. Um, that's when healing can happen. However, sorry, sorry. can I ahead, interrupt? Go. This was one of the things that was so cool. It's a little bit, I guess, of a, of a side tangent, but, um, Lucifer, the angel of light, right, was shadowed by by the creation of Adam and Eve. Like, like that was the, the, the pinnacle of God's creation, right? Like the, the end. And so that is why he thrives in darkness. Like that he, he wants things to not be brought to the light because it like, it competes with his like essence, I don't, that's not, I'm not using the right words right now, but like, like he's challenged by light because that is what he had identified as when he was good. And like, and that was God's like plan for him. And he went against that will. So like light and bringing things to the light is counter to what he desires because he's like now stuck in darkness. Mm. Like, so Mm. I just thought that was like, really. I like that. Cool. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. no, but it's not a side tangent too much. Like it, it's true though that it's it. Yeah, for anyone who's struggling, it just feels like no one's going to understand. No, no one can mm. ever know these things, and they can't love me if if they knew right. that I struggle with these things. But um, I think all of them would be surprised at how how loved they are. Mm. Um, but the devil would love for them to never believe that. Mm-hmm. And like back to that identity thing, like the devil would love for us to identify ourselves with those wounds and believe the lie that no one could love us mm-hmm. with the wounds that we have. Um, but so what I wanted to, and this is kind of what we want to bring to St. John Paul is that 
So there's there's this idea of healing. I I completely buy into it. I I believe that God wants to heal us. I believe that the the healing that doesn't happen this side of heaven is part of what happens through purgatory, right? Um, because you know we can't enter heaven unless we are we are perfect. perfect. Um, and a lot of times the wounds that we carry are results of sin, either another person's sin or our own in, in ways that we're affected. And there's just a lot of disorder that's brought in that, that either the wounds are a symptom of, or the wounds kind of cause more, more havoc in our lives. But I also don't think that we're all going to be healed before we die. I think that we can start the process. Hmm. I do believe we're supposed to start the process. That's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But I don't think that we're all going to be fully healed this side of heaven. Um, like there's just going to be some stuff that like is, is supposed to be ours. Um, and I don't, I don't, and this is just like I, kind of to go back and forth with you. Cause I don't know what the right answer to that is, but like, like the example of St. Paul, you know, asking for the, for the thorn in his side to be taken. He asked three times, and then God responds, like, for my grace is sufficient for you. And then he's like, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Like, he goes into all that. And, like, I I, I have at least, I have not resigned to myself to the idea that I'm fine. I know I'm not. But I have accepted that some, some of the things that I have are crosses that, if the Lord wills, he will heal me. And I'm going to continue that process of healing. But some things I'm are, are going to be part of what I have to carry this side of heaven. Yeah, I would agree that like this is all that your wounds again, like you said, self-inflicted, inflicted by others, inflicted by someone else who inflicted on somebody else. Oh, there's like so many things, yes. like, generations of wounds that, right. that have just been passed down. And wherever they may come from, um I think that it's it's a healing journey and to start like to say that I'll never be healed, like don't resign to that either. That there is Well, I wasn't done. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, well, so this is because, and this is, I think this is an important point. I think this is a good point. I'm ready. Okay. Buckle up. Tell me the point. So I do, I, so I think that there's some things that like, we're, like I said, we're not going to be healed of, but that the, the real power of the cross isn't just in the healing, but it's the, the reality that, that I am free from this wound. Regardless if it still feels heavy on me, regardless if I still like, yeah, this is still difficult for me. I'm still free to choose mm -hmm. to continue to be a follower of Christ. And like, that's the difference that Christianity makes. It's not that you're going to be healed of all of the bad things, mm -hmm. but that like this bad thing that either like, again, wh whatever the anatomy was of this particular wound that you have, it doesn't have power over you. Mm -hmm. You can still choose because of God's grace to continue to follow and, and do whatever. So like one of uh, like a tangible example is that like, if, if, you know, whatever my, my childhood was like, I ha I might have anger issues and like, I'm, I'm trying to heal from that. doesn't mean like, I'm not going to, you know, well, I have anger issues. That's who I am. Like, I am going to try to heal from that. But at the same time, like I, it doesn't mean that every time that I'm angry, I have to explode because I'm not healed from it yet. Therefore I'm, I'm powerless. Like, no, Christ entering into this is the power that you need to be able to to overcome this now you are now free from these things am i making sense yeah can i ask a quite like a tangible example yeah. in our marriage oh gosh depends okay so you That's have private. you have shared with me buckle up <laughs> buckle up take a sip of your water here we go I'm all out. you've you've told me that you've been healed of the addiction to pornography 
So share with me how you feel like you can say that you're healed of that, but you don't believe that healing is necessarily possible on the side of heaven. No. So I believe, well, this is kind of goes into the quote that we're going to read from St. John Paul. I do believe that there are, that healing is possible. And I do believe that those situations, like they're, it's just not like I'm healed of that, but I'm not healed of everything. Oh, okay. Right. So like, yes. And like, that's kind of the point is like, some people might be like, ah, oh, like I still have this thing that I'm, you know, like, and I don't know if this is true. I do believe that there are going to be people who, who like me, like just that the porn is just not, not an issue anymore. Like no, no issue. There might be some people that are free from the sin of pornography, um, in a state of grace, but still feel a, a strong, um, desire for it. Mm-hmm. And that desire for it that is resulting of a wound may never leave them. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're still free to not fall into the sin, mm-hmm. but that desire for it is still there. Does that make, am I making sense? So like that, they, that they may not ever be able to fully transform that. Like they might. And it's a process and, and it's part of the, the different, like the, there's a purgative state, the, the illuminative state and the unitive state of prayer and, and spirituality. Like they might be moving through those, those states, but like they may never be fully healed of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's what I would consider healed is like they. Okay. Cause I know that they're like, I know, and this is from like just the, the work we've done with, with people that there's a lot of good people out there who struggle, particularly with that sin. And even like they will be, they'll, text me six, 10 months out and say like, I've been clean for 10 months, but I'm like, they're just, but I, you know, every day is a battle and like every day might be a battle for the rest of their lives because that's how God reminds them that they are not God mm. and that he needs and that they need him. So like that could be their, that could be their burden similar to St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like I, but like just because of that doesn't mean like that God can't heal them from like from a from a depression or from anxiety or from other things that mm-hmm. other wounds they might have. Like that just might be theirs that they have. Okay, so when you say that like healing is a process, it, you're talking about like the the total healing of the like entire oh, yeah, person, entire person, not a particular thing. No, no, okay. no, no, your entire person. Yes. Okay, healing the whole person. Oh, sorry, that's a that's a yes, that's a different retreat. That is a different tree. I didn't go to that one. No. So okay. Maybe they do it there. Sorry. <laughs> but like, because like you said, we are so in such like an integrated right. system. Like there's just so much of us. Right. We are so unique. And, and. Well, I guess why I brought that up too is just like, okay, so there, there has been healing in, in your individual struggle, but I would, I would challenge that like complete healing from all of the wounds that came from those that sin and behavior has not been healed in our right. marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, and and that's been a process, and there has been steps towards healing and and some healing, but even just e- like within our relationship, no, there's I'm, I'm, incomplete I'm, healing. If you're cool with sharing, I'm cool with sharing. No, but like that's <laughs> that's really no, like, and I guess like that's my, that's my point, right? Okay. Is that like yes? Yeah, so the healing of of the again, I do think it's a miraculous healing of like of of no longer being addicted to pornography and again like the desire not there like that's a thing that i no longer battle with um that being healed but then like there were still there were still ways of thinking that had so deeply manifested themselves in me that i didn't even realize were there mm-hmm. that hurt our marriage and now those now my inner whatever's have been healed but now the wounds that we cause in marriage mm-hmm. are still being healed so like there's 
like that i don't they might be a, like a cycle that just goes until right the end of until we until the end of our lives like that's i guess that's my point is that like yes but even with all that happening like i'm still free to love you yeah the best i can with the as much of my heart that's that's available to me yeah so i guess i just want to make it clear that like whatever your personal stance on healing is is to like if it's like to enter into that process because there is goodness and there is grace and there is healing that can happen through through your yeses to like what's put in front of you to the challenges to the to um you know or the no's i guess it depends on what the challenge is in front of you but like to to walk in that freedom of like i have a choice i don't feel um you know that like there are so many temptations um there's so many people counting up like all of the the heavy pieces to this that like still at the end like you you have the freedom and like to walk in that freedom the more that you walk in that freedom the more healing can happen. Well, and not only that, so I would, so like using just the analogy that you, of, of the pornography. So like when, when addicted to pornography, like I, I could only love you a certain amount, right? Then that's healed. So like now more of my heart is available for me to love you. But mm-hmm. now like, and then, and then more wounds come up. And like, I think every time that I continued to move from, um, from a slave to a thing to being free of that thing, I realized I could love you more, but then at the same time, it was revealed to me how much more of my heart was still not fully free, Mm. if that makes sense. So, like, so like, oh, now I'm free to love you like this. I'm going to love you the best I can this way. And then as I love you, I find there's, like, more ways that are unveiled that, like, wow, I, Mm. I'm still not loving you as I ought. Mm. There's these things I need to heal from. And, like, the same could be said with our kids. Like, we try to love our kids the best we can. Mm -hmm. And it's in those moments of impatience and and, and just, like, we we lose our temper. Or even we didn't plan well for them and we didn't prepare things for them. Like, there's so many things that that living with them brings up that we're like, wow, I really need to go fix this Mm -hmm. or need to work on this. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's why I never want to think that because of a retreat or because of a experience – Oh, I'm good. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Like I, oh, this is all fixed. Like, no, if anything, like this part is fixed mm-hmm. and now 10 more things are going to be brought up. Yeah. That, but that's the process. Yeah. And that's yeah. What's yeah. supposed to happen. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important when you're like, when you're choosing or looking into like, okay, how can I support my process? How can I start it? How can I build on it? Like to find places that are going to give you tools to take home and that like, Anything that is supposedly done in isolation in a one-time moment, like that is, that's always going to fall short because like you are an integrated life, like you are a whole person. And to say that like something can be fixed in one moment and everything is fine, like that's a lie and they're just trying to take your money. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And it could be for anything. Right. And I think we add this idea of healing to like just... We, we, we want to be healed so badly yes. that we will, we will spend money on anything that we think is going to heal us. A diet, anything, an exercise system, a right. product, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so all of, and so like, I think we could read St. John Paul's quote now. Okay. Sorry. But we keep that, putting it off. <laughs> but, like, but, but I think that a reminder of like that. It, so, cause there might be people, people listening that like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go to one of these retreats. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the, the, what St. John Paul is going to say in terms of healing is that it starts with being a follower of Christ yes, and embracing everything that that means, including yeah. healing. Yeah. Okay. So St. John Paul, when did he? This, this, is, is, a this is from a homily on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, February 11th, 1979. The same Christ who assumed all the ills of the earthly human condition except sin in order to draw from them salvific good, the good of redemption, the good of purification and reconciliation with God, the good of grace. If he says to each of you, dear brothers and sisters, come and follow me, he invites you and calls you to take part in the same transformation, in the same transmutation of the evil of suffering into salvific good, that of the redemption of grace, purification, and conversion for oneself and for others. Just for this reason, St. Paul, who so passionately wished to imitate Christ, says in another place, in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Each of you can make these words the essence of your own life and vocation. So like, like I said earlier, I think very few of us need to be convinced that we need healing. And particularly because we have some sort of suffering in our lives. Um, I think we'd be very hard-pressed to find anybody who's not under the age of three that doesn't have something that they're suffering from. Um, like, even our kids, like, they'll find, like, oh, my pencil broke today and, like, end of the world. Or what, jump, like, John Paul's pillow. It ripped. Oh, it like, ripped. oh, I'm so sad. Um, but, like, I just, it, it, then as we get older, obviously, like, there's big things that we're suffering with and that we carry and we have baggage. Um, and the, this, the unique thing about our gospel is not, that we can heal you. Because I think, like you said, like there's so many things out there that are going to say, oh, we can heal you. Mm. But the unique thing about our gospel is that not only can we heal you, but first is we can give your suffering a meaning. Mm -hmm. That it's not pointless, it's not useless, that your suffering has meaning. And in this quote, this homily that St. John Paul's giving on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, um, he's not, he's, he talks about healing being a miraculous event and that the typical event though is that we are followers of christ who embrace our suffering and allow our suffering to transform us and those around us yeah that we get to participate in purification in conversion in redemption like we our suffering is a part of that of that process like that that our suffering leads to that if if given over to Christ. Like if we bring that to him and we do this, like we allow him into that, then there can come purification. Like I honestly, when, when thinking about how this episode would go, like we don't plan these episodes out. Like it's kind of like a rough script. Them. It's yeah. a super, yeah. Well, no, like you don't plan them out. It's like a rough <laughs> outline in my head. I'm like, Hey, we might talk about this. Here's a quote and go. Um, like I was thinking we might bring up like the idea of kids, but like, I think the, the because we're talking about marriage, like the the sin of pornography is, is one that I think fits better because I just remember because like this was a struggle through high school, right? Through high school and college. Um and I remember it being a thing where I would struggle and I would beg God so much to just take this away. I was so tired of fighting. It's exhausting. And like I 
had general like genuine suffering from like the fact that like i am not i can't break this this is too much for me mm-hmm. um and like to think that like because i was giving god those moments like he was building me up in a way for moments like now when we have five kids and i'm finally i like i am free to love my wife and my kids the way they I, that they deserve mm-hmm. and like he could have in those moments at you know in college been like oh done Right? Like you're done. And like you're healed and you never have to f- suffer again. Like he could have done that. But I also wonder like the suffering was transforming me without me realizing mm. it. Like the struggle was transforming me without me realizing it. At some point he did just let me, imp- you know, he, he did give me, a sp- uh, I believe, a particular grace so that that's no longer a struggle. And I, I personally think the reason he did that is so that I could help others with that, mm. which is sorry we don't have to add that in there. But like I believe that, yep. like I as soon because as soon as that happened, like I was like, all right, guys, this is possible. We need to fight, and like I've made that one of my mission. My missions is to work with as many young men as possible to to get them to stop, um, because it's not an easy thing, and mm-hmm. they need they need a lot of support um, and prayers. But like I just know that like I could like he could have probably in my lowest just took it away but i wouldn't have it just wouldn't have transformed me the same way Hmm. and like he let a lot of it go he allowed it through Mm -hmm. his permissive will um and like to think that like i'm happy i was bringing that to him and instead of just being angry and just sitting back and like well if you're not gonna help me then whatever like no this was a constant prayerful struggle yeah you kind of um you spoke a little bit more to what St. John Paul was saying, uh, what he says next. I wish you this transformation, which is an interior miracle, even greater than the miracle of healing. This transformation, which corresponds to the normal way of God's economy of salvation as Jesus Christ presented it to us. I wish you this grace and I implore it to each of you, dear brothers and sisters. Like, this interior miracle is greater than the miracle of healing. Man. Mm. And like, <laughs> like in the, like you, like you could have said that to me in like in the lowest of postpartum depression. And I would have wanted to give you the middle finger. Like, <laughs> like, that, that tell me, mild. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, tell me this is better. Just, get me out of this like mm-hmm. heal me from it so i i i want to make sure that this like it's very clear that this is not we're not just like pray it away or this like is not what we're saying here um but like the entering into the transformative power of your life when united with christ brings about an interior miracle that like like a mind blowing instead of like a snap of a finger of a of a genie like a distant genie like like he is walking in there with you you are carrying a cross he's carrying a cross like to go and to enter into that together the interior miracle that then you can share with others as John Paul says like to work on the conversion of others to like to then be Simon and carry someone's cross with them because I like I've 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 done some heavy lifting like I've been there like let's do this together like 
that is that is the Christian life lived here on earth in preparation and in the process of working towards perfect life in heaven. Yeah, and and I I think this is true for me, but even like I it may be true for you too, but like that him again like, like allowing me to stay in that mess for as long as he did also drew me closer to him. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. Right? Like it it and that's why I said like it can be a reminder. It was a reminder at that time of like this is why you can't do this alone. Like this is not something you could do on your own. You are not meant to be on your own. You're not you can't save yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more I struggled, the more I drew in. And I feel like it got to the point that I drew in so much that like then that like I drew in to the point that he needed me to draw in. Yeah. And it was only through that that I could get to that point. Because because like, yes, coping strategies are so important, right? And having a plan and having accountability and having a system, you know, for you, it was, you know, like... um we can go over my other issues. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, but I just, I mean, in the healing of pornography, like there are so many um, steps and so many suggestions and so many ways, like e- anyone recovering from addiction, like the, you have the 12 steps and like, and they're so good um, and they're important, but to, to do them in isolation and eliminated from like, Christians suffering the idea of redemption and to not do it with Christ, like then they, they will fall short, right? Like they will not be as transformative, like truly transformative as they could be without his miracle of grace. I love that you mentioned the 12 steps because the, like the first step of the 12 steps is to admit you're powerless. And the second step is to admit that there's a higher power that will restore you. Yes. I'm all for psychology. I'm all for therapy. I, I recommend therapy to everyone. Ask them if if they've talked to me and said, I struggle with blank, I struggle with depression, anxiety, whatever. Yeah. I say, you need to go to therapy because coping strategies are so necessary so that you could get through the day. Yes. So you, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you can you, function. You cannot yep. function during the day because like, because you, you're just, you, you're, you're anxious, you're having panic attacks, or you can't get out of bed, you can't eat food without throwing up. Like there's all these reasons why you need coping strategies but you can't be healed by coping strategies. There there needs to be more to that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and I do believe there's a lot of good psychologists and therapy out there that, you know, that, that work with not just coping strategies, but they teach you how to reframe things and think differently. Some of them, they do what is it called? Uh, EMDR, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, and, and that type of therapy to help you work through those hard things that you've gone through in, Mm -hmm. in your life. Also necessary. But at the end of the day, similar to when you, like, at the end of the day, God is our healer. He yeah. can choose to heal through these different different modalities, same way that, like, he he works through surgeons, he works through, through pediatricians, he works through doctors, but God is the healer. Mm-hmm. And if we forget that, I don't know if we could ever fully experience the healing that we need. Mm-hmm. The fullness of healing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes... And I, and I don't know how this is going to be taken in, in the context of this podcast, but like God will permit things to happen not as a way of like reminding us, but because he desires our souls. He desires us in heaven. Mm-hmm. So he will work to, and he will allow things to happen so that we can be reminded of like, we need to be followers of him first. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he might bring, bring about or allow for negative things to come up in marriage, mm-hmm. negative things to come up in, in relationships so that, those things can come up and be worked on. Yeah. It 
Unfortunately, just nobody likes that. I don't yeah, like that. No, it's uncomfortable. But it's like, it's to continue to choose. This was one of the, the and it's something that I like I always knew, but um, it was brought up on retreat. The, the temptation that came through the serpent, right? But the, the tree, the one thing that was off limits, the boundary that God created for Adam and Eve was not to test them, but was to, that's, that is the proof that God created us with free will and to choose and to choose him over and over and over again. And so it's these things in our life that like, we have to keep choosing him first. Like if it just vanishes, then we don't have that opportunity to keep choosing, to keep choosing the good. And there is something and again, it is hard and it is it does not feel liberating in the moment. But to to look back and have moments of clarity where you can look back and be like, I chose the good and I kept choosing the good and I like Right. That becomes a part of the healing process. Right. Well, that, and I guess that's back to my original point of like that, like, I believe that the first healing that God brings us, uh, that Christ brings us is that freedom, mm. like that freedom to choose. Yeah. Like we, we could be in a state of complete brokenness, complete disordered desires everywhere, but we can still choose the good. Mm-hmm. That's the freedom that Christ brings. That's the freedom I believe he talks about in Luke when he reads from the scrolls that he's come to liberate the captives. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what he said that he's doing. Yeah. So like we could at least choose to repent and believe in the gospel. doesn't right. mean that our behaviors are all going to be fixed and changed and that mm-hmm. we're going to feel good about everything we do, but we could still choose like you said. Yeah. So like if Kyle Bush are listening to this and like they're struggling in some aspect of this or some aspect of their relationship, like they could still choose in this moment. Yeah. They could still choose the good. They yeah. can still choose to follow Jesus and from there continue on their healing journey. Yeah. And you said moment to moment, like for some, for some people that is minute to minute. Like sometimes that like to look ahead and to think about like what next week will look like, what next year will look like, what our 25th anniversary will look like, what our 50th, like in this very moment presented to me right now in front of me to choose the good, to choose, to choose to love my spouse, to choose to love Jesus. Like, what does that mean in action right now? Not necessarily what does it, what does it feel like? Like what behavior, what action can I do to be Christ-like, to be more like Christ in this moment? kind of like St. Paul was saying to like, I want to imitate Christ. I, I want to imitate Christ right now. What does that mean in this very moment presented to me in front of me right now with the person that I love? And again, like not the feeling, what feels good? No, what imitates Christ right now? What can I do to imitate Christ? Um, Man, and yeah, I, I think we 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 bring that to prayer, like how in, in the moments, how can we imitate Christ? And then the ways that we struggle to do it I think those are ways that like, all right, God, heal that part. Mm. Show me how I can heal so that I can imitate Christ better. Yeah. I know that that's been a prayer of mine when I, I don't tell you my prayers, my secret prayers in my heart. I don't, but like when I, when I fall short of, of loving you and the kids the way I should, I, that's one way that I bring to prayer. Like help me love them better. 
because I know like sometimes I don't even I just know I didn't do a good job. I have no idea where mm. the ball started rolling down the wrong path that ended yeah. up in me yeah. doing something completely wrong. But like I know I didn't do a good job. Yeah. I apologize for it. We reconcile, but I still bring it to prayer and say, help me love them better. Yeah. One of the um one of the things that we we practice on retreat and I and I've I've also done it in um walking with purpose Bible studies. Um but it's it's identifying the lies. And you often talk about shame, right? Identifying these false identities that I'm 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 living in right now. Um renounce the lie and pronounce the truth. So that's another prayer. But it's like a, it's like an active thing. I renounce the lie that I am broken and I pronounce the truth that Christ can heal all things, right? And um and walking with purpose, uh, Lisa Brennick Meyer does I declares. I declare. Um, and she declares truths. Um, like I declare I am a daughter of God. I declare that I am beloved. I declare that I am saved. Like anything that can help you realign with the Christian truth, with the gospel, with the with the you know, with the absolute truth of heaven and 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 that your your place is there because here on earth we get told that that's not it. And so, um, just another way, another way to pray through, to integrate the spirituality into the active part of your life that you're facing right now. You know how hard it was? I won't mention it. I was just... Tell me. Do it. I wanted to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You saw me go to the mic and I held back. That was the freedom that I exhibited <laughs> and that interrupting chose. that beautiful moment with the other, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. Michael, you can't just shout it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't just say, I declared it. Um, <laughs> no. So, and I like, I like how that, that came full circle, like reminding, being reminded of our identity, mm. which is how the retreat started. And I think that's how all of our healing journeys have started. Uh, we are beloved and Christ desires us to follow him. Mm-hmm. He sees us worthy enough to follow him. Um, I'm going to link the, I'm going to link undone and be healed in the show notes. Um, I'll try to, and I'll link to the GP2 Healing Institute as well in case there is a retreat where, where people are um, so they can go. Um, but before even going to retreat, I would say bring these things to prayer. Mm. How does God want to heal your heart? What are the lies you're telling yourself? What are the false identities that you've set up? Mm-hmm. Um, and help and just break through. Yeah. Or And also with that, is it time to go to therapy? Yes. Is it time to go to counseling? Um, is it time to just share with your, your best friend and your spouse because you've been suffering on your own? Yeah. Um, all those things. You know, it's time to go to confession. Yep. Um, and yeah, and, and realize healing is a journey. We are on the journey as well. <laughs> yep. Um, and thank you for joining us. Um, just know that we're praying for you. We're rooting for you. We love you. Um, you are worth healing. Um, you are worth the process. You are strong enough to go through the process. Um, and your process is this moment. And that, and just focus on that. Mary Undoer Nuts. Pray for us.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'd also love to connect on Instagram at to become family. Let us know what you would ask if you had pre-cana with the Pope. See you at the next episode.